and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, Pastor Elliot concludes Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 17. These verses warn us that hypocrisy indeed shuts up our very witness for Christ. Therefore, believers, Christ's clothes must be chosen to be put on every moment of every day. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. And so we do not, church, want to be uh, lacking the Christ clothes because to be a hypocrite is to be lethal to your evangelism. There was a pastor who was lunching with another pastor a while back and they were in the restaurant and the one pastor was mean and unforgiving and demanding and critical of the waitress at the, at the restaurant in front of his pastor friend who was dining there as well. And after this pastor sinned against the waitress and really looked down upon her in a condescending and a critical way, the other pastor leaned forward and said, I dare you to tell her about Christ. You see, hypocrisy can be lethal for you and me to share our faith. It shuts us up. And the people say, you're a Christian? All Christians are hypocrites. Every church is full of hypocrites. And so we don't want to be lacking Christ's clothes of namely holiness. That's being set apart from evil. Verse 12a, Christ's clothes of compassion. That's feeling other people's pain in our hearts. Verse 12b, Christ's clothes of kindness. That's love in working clothes. Kindness is love in working clothes. 12b, Christ's clothes of humility. That's not thinking of ourselves Verse 12b, gentleness, that's refusing to self-assert. Verse 12b, Christ's clothes of patience, that having no time limit on working with people. 12b, we don't want to be lacking Christ's clothes of bearing with one another. That's overlooking each other's faults. Verse 13a, Christ's clothes of forgiveness, that's pardoning our offenders. Verse 13a, Christ's clothing of God's love and that sacrificial love, verse 14. Christ's clothing of unity with other Christians, that's cohesiveness, verse 14. No, 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 we do not want to be lacking these Christ clothes. We do not want to fail to put on all of these clothes by the Holy Spirit's help. The clothing of peace, that's confidence in the Lord, verse 15. The clothing of thankfulness, that's gratitude, verse 15. The clothing of being Bible-centered, that's living by this book, verse 16a. The clothing of wisdom, that's excelling in challenging circumstances, verse 16b. And the final piece of clothing in the text that's Christ's clothing that makes us to be seen as not hypocrites is living in the name of the Lord. You close your prayers as do I in Jesus' name. You know what that means? It means that you believe to the best of your ability that what you just prayed, Jesus would pray. In Jesus' name, amen, means that. That you believe you're praying in accordance with God's will when you prayed. And our whole life should be that. Our whole life as a Christian should be living in the name of Jesus, living in a way that Jesus would live because he's our life. <laughs> We're dead. So we don't want to be lacking our Christ's clothes. We have to put them on. This reminds me of 
Hans Christian Andersen's little tale, the classic, The Emperor's New Clothes. You remember the story? Two weavers in the emperor's kingdom promised the emperor a new suit of clothes, which they said would be invisible to those unfit for their positions, to the stupid, and to the incompetent. So the weavers say, we'll make you some new clothes, emperor, that will be invisible to people who are unfit, incompetent, and stupid. Then they had him stripped naked and imagined they were putting this new clothing on him and they didn't put clothes on him. Sort of like the Christian who doesn't put on Christ's clothes. And he walks out himself unfit for his position, stupid and incompetent, not admitting that he can't see the clothes because if he did that, he'd say, well, they're invisible to me too. So boldly he strolls into public naked that's like the Christian who doesn't put on the Christ clothes with the spirit of God's help. Embarrassing. Until one child, love children, you gotta love children. One child said, but he isn't wearing anything at all. Who is looking at us and saying, but she isn't wearing anything at all. But he isn't wearing anything at all to do with Jesus. Nine, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as to those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I know a Christian who lived like a hypocrite for several years. He was saved, but he didn't live like he was. The people around this guy knew that he called himself a Christian, but he, they thought he was a joke Christian. They also thought that this hypocrite's Christ was also a joke Christ. I knew this hypocrite pretty well. He was me. I was him. And as I came under conviction as a young man, I learned that I had to take off and I learned that I had to put on. But not just once in a while for the easy pass camera. I learned that I had to take off and I had to put on for the video surveillance tape. I had to live a life as consistent as I could, having taken things off that needed to come off and having put on things that needed to be put on. 
take off, put on. Consider myself dead, take off, put on. Consider myself dead. This became the soundtrack of my Christian life, and it is to this day. I would say that now, about 35 years later, my high school friends that thought Christ was a joke because I, as a Christian, was a joke, don't think that anymore. Maybe it will take less than 35 years for you. I pray that it will. You see, God has given us a wonderful wardrobe. We just have to decide to wear it over the long haul. And we can consistently put on Christ-offered clothing for us. And when we do, we hypocrite-proof our lives. We hypocrite-proof our lives. No one wants to be a hypocrite here, and none of us has to be. None of us has to be. It's time for answers to your questions. We urge you to take a moment and get a pen and paper and take down the references used so that you can do your own study later on. We here at Echoes of Calvary are always excited to receive your letters of support and your questions, which we seek to answer right away and also here on the show. You can send us your letters at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Once again, here is Pastor Robert Elliott. Good morning, listeners. We're pleased again to have Dr. Jimmy DeYoung with us in our radio studio. Good morning, Dr. DeYoung. It's a joy to be with you, dear brother, having a great time here in the Bahamas. <laughs> Wonderful. It's better in the Bahamas, you know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. Uh, Dr. DeYoung, you have made it your life study to look into the inspired Word of God to understand what God has to say to us by way of prophecy. And uh, we want to just tap into some of those studies and your conclusions on some issues. I have about four. Uh, the first thing I'd like you to speak to is the whole concept of the tribulation. You know, it's interesting. Jesus Christ used that phrase in what I term is the most profound prophetic conference ever held on the earth. And that would be the Olivet Discourse that Jesus taught. He taught that on Monday afternoon of Passion Week. Passion Week, of course, was the time when he was crucified, buried, and resurrected from the dead. Now, he said immediately after the tribulation, Matthew 24, verse 29, he was coming back. And so then we have the understanding the tribulation will be a period of time leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The tribulation will begin when there is a confirmation of a peace treaty by the Antichrist. The Antichrist, Daniel 9, 27, will confirm a peace agreement for a seven-year period of time. So that gives us pretty good evidence that that seven years will be the time of the tribulation. The Jewish people refer to that as the time of Jacob's trouble. That's Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7. Daniel the prophet talked about it in chapter 12, first couple of verses there. He said it's going to be the worst time that the Jewish people will ever face 
and that is the terrible tribulation period. It's a time when the Lord is going to do what needs to be done to bring the earth and earth dwellers under submission, because at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, Jesus Christ is going to come back to the earth, and the Father himself is going to give Jesus his dominion, his kingdom, which he will set up, and that will be for a thousand-year period of time, and then continued on into eternity future in the times of the new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. So this tribulation period, which, by the way, is uh, detailed and described in Revelation chapter 4, verse 2, through chapter 19, verse 11. Seven years would be that period of time, 16 chapters describing all that's going to be happening there. Let me remind you that I come to the conclusion of seven years from Daniel 9 and verse 27. But in addition to that, when you look in that portion of Revelation describing the tribulation period, it talks about in chapter 11, starting in verse 3, two witnesses that are going to preach in the first half of the tribulation period. And the text tells us they have a ministry of 1260 days. Uh, That basically is broken down to three and a half years. And then when you go over to chapter 12 and look at verse 6, the Lord says, and I will protect the Jewish people for another 1260 days, and that will be the last half of the tribulation period, and that's again three and a half years. Time, times, and half a time for what some of the scripture does refer to as those periods of time. Time, one year, times, two years, half a time, a half a year, three and a half years. So you have a seven-year period of time uh, that would be referred to as the tribulation, a terrible time of judgment on this earth. Thank you so much for those biblical insights on the concept of the tribulation. Uh, Next, Dr. DeYoung, I'm wondering if you could give us some of the results of your studies of God's Word as it pertains to the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to be a human individual. Uh, that chapter 13 of Revelation and verses 2 and 3 refer to as one who will be wounded as it were to the death. Now, he will not die. He will be wounded in the phrase used 52 times, by the way, in the book of Revelation, as it were. Let me tell you what that means. It seems to be but not really is. And it's always basically introducing an apocalyptic phrase. Apocalyptic coming from the Greek word apocalypsis, to reveal, to foretell, to make known, to prophesy. And so this individual, this human individual that's on the earth, he'll be a lost person. And after the rapture of the church, at the beginning, in fact, what he does starts the clock ticking on that seven-year tribulation that we were talking about. He will be energized. This individual will receive his power and his seat of authority from Satan himself. And he talked about over in the book of Daniel first in chapter 7 and in verse 8, where in chapter 7, verse 8, it talks about a little horn coming out of the ten horns. Now, going back to verse 7 of Daniel chapter 7, and with help from verses 23 and 24 of that same chapter, we find out that this is the revived Roman Empire. Uh, Chapter 7, verse 7 of Daniel is talking about the Roman Empire, but it has the characteristic of ten horns, and then a little horn. That's one of 27 names for the Antichrist. There 
there in chapter 7 and verse 8, he's the little horn. In chapter 9, verse 26, he's the prince that shall come. Over in chapter 11 and verse 31, he's the willful king. Matthew 24, Jesus Christ refers to him as the false Christ. Paul refers to him in uh, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, but in particular 2 Thessalonians 2, as the wicked one, the son of perdition, the man of sin. Chapter 13 of Revelation, we referred to already in verse 1, he's the beast out of the sea. And that phrase beast is used some 42 times from chapter 13 of Revelation through chapter 22, always referring to the Antichrist. And we know that name Antichrist because of what John, who was also the revelator, he wrote the book of Revelation, what he had to say in chapter 2 of 1 John when he's talking about the Antichrist. That's the name we recognize him by. Daniel chapter 11 talks about him being one who follows the God of forces. He'll be a military genius. He will confirm a peace agreement with the Jewish people, Daniel 9, 27, which starts the clock ticking on the tribulation period. And where there's so much more we could talk about the Antichrist, but he will be the satanically powered, energized ruler of the world during the seven-year tribulation period. Those sure are sobering thoughts uh, as born-again believers in this church age will be airlifted out with the rapture event, but woe to earth when uh, all hell breaks loose and the Antichrist has such an influence, a demonic influence. Very good. Let's move over to another prophetic term, the millennium. What is that? The millennium, and of course that phrase, that word, if you look up the definition in Webster's Dictionary, it's talking about a period of time, and it's referring to a thousand-year period of time. The millennial kingdom is used. The millennium is also describing the same thing. And those thousand years are first mentioned and only mentioned, best I can remember in Scripture, over in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, verses 1 to 6. Verses 1, 2, and 3 talks about Satan who will be bound in a bottomless pit for a thousand-year period of time. But then during that same thousand-year period of time, Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign, and that would be Revelation chapter 20, verses 4, 5, and 6. There's much said about the kingdom period or the millennial kingdom. In fact, if you're studying Bible prophecy, there's more said about the kingdom kingdom than any other subject in all of Bible prophecy. And I hate to say this, the church knows less about the kingdom. We talk about Jesus Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. We call him that today. Our music refers to him as that. We've got to be careful. He does not get that title until he comes back. That's chapter 19 of Revelation, verse 16, where he receives King of kings and Lord of lords as the title on his vesture and on his thigh when he comes back, and God the Father actually gives him his kingdom. Remember, Jesus Christ said, here's a sign when you see me coming in great power and great glory in the clouds. That's the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 30 and 31. That's when I'm going to receive my kingdom. In fact, the Ancient of Days, which is the name for God in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, the Ancient of Days uses that same caveat. He said, I'll 
I'll give the Son of Man, that's his son, that's the name for Jesus Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said, I'll give the Son of Man his dominion and his kingdom. And then he puts in this caveat, when I see him coming in the clouds. And so that kingdom will be set up when he comes back. Ah, there's so much more. We just do not have to time. It's going to be an unbelievable time. Let me tell you this. We were talking about the tribulation a few moments ago. Well, that's going to be a terrible time of judgment on the earth. Half the population of the earth is going to be killed. All the oceans turn to blood. All the fish in the sea die. All the freshwater ponds, streams, and lakes, they are bitter. So if you were to drink them, you would not be able to sustain life. They would poison you. It's going to be a terrible time of judgment. And then we talk about the kingdom being set up. That doesn't sound like it's going to work. But wait a minute. When Jesus was teaching his disciples about the kingdom, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 28, he said, here's what I want you to know. With you coming with me in the regeneration. I love that phrase, and I love that bit of information from Jesus, who's going to be seated on his throne. He said, look, during that time I'm on my throne, it'll be the regeneration. Now, that has to do with salvation, but it also has to do with the kingdom. Regeneration comes from two Greek words, paleon, genesia. Paleon means again. Genesia means genesis. As it was when he created the heavens, the earth, and all that in them is, he's going to turn the earth back during that millennial kingdom to that time. That's not the new heavens. That's not the new earth. That's the millennial kingdom when Genesis again will be in that period of time of creation with Jesus Christ for that thousand years. Thank you so much, Dr. DeYoung. That's so much information and uh, so encouraging to know that God finishes what he starts. He's going to get past the fall in Eden to recreate a, a wonderful condition on earth with Jesus Christ as King of Kings. The last term I'd like to get your information and thoughts on is the temple of the millennial kingdom. Is there a temple? And if there is, uh, will there be uh, sacrifices, animal sacrifices in that temple? Well, there's temple going to be put up on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem during the millennial kingdom, and there will be a restoration of the temple sacrifices. Now, we got the answers out, but let me explain. Book of Zechariah, uh, chapter 1 and verse 16 Jesus Christ will return and set up his kingdom. In chapter 6, verse 12, it says he will build that temple, the millennial temple, the kingdom temple. And then chapter 6, verse 13 says rule and reign from that. Over in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 40 to 46, there are 202 verses of detailed information about that kingdom that is coming and the temple that will be built by Jesus Christ on the Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem. In chapter 45, it talks about a restoration of the sacrificial system. In chapter 45, it at least mentions three of the sacrifices. Maybe all of them are talked about, or the reference is that they will all be restored. But we know three of them, the New Year uh, sacrifice, the Passover sacrifice, and the sacrifice for the Feast of Tabernacles. So there will be a restoration. Several reasons for that. The first reason is this. 
in memorial. Back in chapter 40 of the book of Ezekiel, the Lord says, keep these thoughts in front of the Jewish people. I gave them a temple. I gave them Solomon's temple. I gave them Zerubbabel's temple. I gave them the sacrificial system. They didn't pay attention because both the temple and the sacrificial system was looking to my son, Jesus Christ. And within all of the implements in the temple, with the activities of the temple, with the sacrificial system, it was a precursor. It was a prototype of my son, Jesus Christ, to come. So I want them to remember that. So in memorial, these sacrifices will be reinstituted during the millennial kingdom. By the way, sacrifices never took away sin. They covered sin. And that's exactly what's going to be the case during that millennial kingdom. May I tell you this? There'll be people with physical bodies who enter into the kingdom. They'll be able to have children. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17 says it's going to happen. There's going to be a kingdom period. And then verse 20 says they can have children. Those will be children that'll have a sin nature. They will then have to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. They'll have a hundred year period of time. Chapter 16. 65 of Isaiah and verse 20. If they reject Christ, they're sent to hell. But if they then move forward, they still have a physical body. Those coming out of the tribulation period with physical bodies never receive a glorified body. So thus they have to have the capability of restoring fellowship with Jesus Christ. Two of the reasons why the sacrificial system will be reinstituted. Thank you, Dr. DeYoung. What a whirlwind of truth on the four topics of tribulation, antichrist, the millennium, and the temple that will be present in the millennium. Again, we thank the Lord for his plan and for his graciousness to reveal this plan to us in his word. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you for being our savior from sin, the lamb who was crucified to shed his blood to wash us clean. And Lord, we would pray for those that are around us without him as Lord and Savior, that they would trust him before it is too late, that they would not have to go through that horrific time with the tribulation dominated by Antichrist and seeing all of your wrathful judgments poured out onto the earth. Lord, we who know you by faith and by your grace, look forward to you restoring creation and all the order of human life in your millennial kingdom, Lord Jesus Christ, when you'll be King of kings and Lord of lords. May we live here and now in the church age under your rule and lordship. For we pray this in Jesus Christ, your name. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N16. 84 Nassau Bahamas And remember everyone needs a savior <laughs>